What's up, WizKids, and welcome to another playoff edition of Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Jacob Raymond and Chris Gehring as we are talking about the Wizards' Game 1 loss to the Toronto Raptors, 114-106, as they get set to play Game 2 tomorrow night in Toronto, north over everything, as they, we saw on all of their T-shirts for Game 1. And then we'll talk some NBA, just playoffs in general. But, guys, your observations after Game 1, changes you'd like to see in Game 2? I'd like to see them win. <laughs> so that's one big change I'd like to see made. Um, you know, um, I thought um, we, we had a chance at that game. And there's no question that going on the road – and getting the win in game one as an eight seed against a team that has a history of problematic game ones would have been huge. But I don't really understand why the general media is proclaiming this series to be essentially over and basically handing it to the Raptors. You know, these teams talent-wise are not particularly different. We were in that game for the vast majority of it, holding leads at multiple times. And um, and we beat them at multiple positions. And I think that, um, you know, I think they know that Lowry and DeRozan have to be a lot better going forward. And we know that some of our guys have to be a lot better. And I think that, you know, I'm not going to say as an eight seed that, you know, I'm, and I never would have said we were favored or anything like that. But I this series is still clearly up for grabs. And if the Wizards can go steal game two, it's really going to be anybody's series coming back to Washington. I think that um, Wall showed some rust. And I think he's got to be better. He did He did a lot of good. And I thought he was, you know, for the much of the game, the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, no question. But his finishing around the rim, as anybody could see, was uh, uh, was was a struggle. And um, But he really ran the offense smoothly. And um, I thought that any problems the offense had with ball movements were after he had the ball out of his hands. I really thought he did a good job putting his position, teammates in a position to score, and I was I was very impressed with him for the most part. Yeah. And Go ahead. I was just going to say, and for you, Chris, when you look at the fact that Lowry only had 11 points and DeRozan only had 17, that should be a recipe for the Wizards having success and winning game one. Yeah, for sure. And they both of those guys had their moments, but they weren't as consistent. They weren't, like, prolific. But I did want to say that our – my my main takeaway from it was the X factor dis- discussion that we had at the beginning of this series in game one kind of played out exactly how we thought it was. Serge Ibaka was huge for them. Um, also huge for them was CJ miles. He hit a, he hit some big, big shots late in the game. I thought it was interesting that he was on the floor and a lot of crunch time. It's not surprising because he's certainly a big time shooter for them. Probably the best shooter that they have on that team but DeLon Wright, I mean, they used a lot of their depth, and I think that we saw that we thought that maybe the benches would shrink a little bit. I don't think it did a whole ton for them. They u- they used a lot of their depth. It was effective against the Wizards. But on the on Washington side, Mike Scott was super impressive. He played exactly the way that the Wizards needed him to play. And to counter Serge Ibaka, I thought Keith Morris was also very impressive and 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 showed how important that he is going to be in this series. His health now with rolling his ankle is going to be a major storyline and and certainly a reason that this 2-day break while we'll see how it plays in the momentum. I think side, I the 2-day break, I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah. It really could potentially play to either team's advantage. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a 50-50, I agree. I I don't know that it's going to definitely affect one or the other. 
but it certainly helps Keith and and yeah, hopefully it helps his, Van Vliet too though. Right, right. But so I, I mean, yeah. But I mean, I'll for the Keith Wizards, is Keith is super Vliet. important for what the Wizards are going to do. And and I, I, of course, you you wanted to win the game. Of course, I think there was certainly opportunity to some t- some badly timed turnovers really let Toronto. I thought gather some momentum. A very obviously, badly timed flagrant foul. Yeah. And obviously their crowd was 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 hyped. They were into it. We heard um, Lowry say before the series that they were going to treat it like it was a game seven that they had to win. I think they that was bizarre. It was a bizarre comment, but I think that they but the mentality worked. The, it yeah. worked. And, what happens and when you go to an actual game seven? Yeah, and they exor- <laughs> and they exercise some some demons that they've had for a long time, and so. It, it sets the stage for a very, very important game, too, on both sides. If the Wizards can get a win with now the Raptors, I, I, I do think the pressure's still on them. They've said that the Wizards aren't a typical eight seed, which I agree with, but they, the pressure's still on them to win. But I do think that this was a huge, a huge, huge weight off their shoulders. And so I'm, I'm very interested to see how they, how they come out and play on, on Tuesday. It was not a game. It wasn't a loss where I thought that the that was like, oh boy, like this is this is a different team. This is a different Raptors team that the Wizards aren't ready to handle. And I think the Wizards would say that as well. I think the the adjustments are going to be important. Game two is going to be critical to see if they could still snatch home court back mm-hmm. uh, heading home. But yeah, all all told, you want to win the game, but it's not the end of the world. And I think there are definitely positives that that Coach Brooks and John Brad will take take from it. Keith um, Moore set a career high twenty two point six assists and tied the career playoff career high with eleven rebounds. I th- I, career high for a playoff game. Playoff. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, did okay. I, I did I not say playoffs? You sorry. just said career high. Oh yeah, playoff. Like, he's playoffs. had more than twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was an interesting contrast. I mean, speaking of John Wall too, he looked comfortable from the perimeter and shot three of five yeah, from long range. He looked comfortable and confident from the perimeter up early and just had some difficulties finishing, which is honestly, it's just kind of like a so, kind of a bizarre right. twist so that I don't think is going to affect him yeah. going into the next So here's game. the here's the thing is the Raptors shot ridiculously well from long distance which granted they have the capability of doing every game but you have to assume that regresses to the mean to some degree and John Wall is going to finish better at the rim next game and that's a few points right there and you are yeah and if if that if both those things even out you know you've got yourself a real series on your hands and I also think that uh, one one thing that was really played up heading into this series was how good Toronto's bench was, and how and and Wood Washington play ten deep. He and Wood Washington's bench um, show up, mm-hmm. and I think in Game One we learned certainly that Toronto's bench is for real. I mean, they had any number of players play really effectively off the bench. The minutes were spread out really nicely. Daylon Wright was. Phenomenal for them. C.J. Miles, Pascal, Siakam, Siakam. Siakam. Sorry, Pascal. Um, <laughs> but uh, their shooting performance is one of the things that I think you can expect to regress to a mean a little bit. C.J. Miles is an experienced veteran gunner, and you have to you have to put a body on him because yeah. he can heat up, and he is he not is afraid a of the noted moment. whiz killer. Yeah, and and he is somebody that you really have to pay attention to because he's going to play a lot. The mm-hmm. Lon Wright. We'll see how that all factors in when assuming Fred Van Vliet is back soon, if not in game two. Um, <clears throat> you have to figure that he's going to get some run. And he gave the Wizards a lot of trouble in Toronto this year earlier. So um, lots of adjustments are coming for sure. 
and it's kind of the first round of of who can play who can make the next best chess move i thought that toronto's adjustments at halftime of game one were yeah impressive and it won them the game for sure but they did shoot the ball extremely well and i think the wizards can take some solace in that that there's they, a lot of hype for game one playing at home trying yeah. to get that yeah. you know and, monkey off their back and if they defend well if the Wizards defend well in Game Two, they have a chance to steal it. And, one, and yeah, go ahead. One thing, one thing I will say: if let's let's say, and you know, I I don't have any insider info here. I'm not coming from a place of knowledge, particularly. Uh, let's say Keith can't go in Game Two. The Wizards virtually, essentially, had one effective bench player in Game yeah. One, and it was Mike and it was Mike Scott, and he was excellent. And um, I know Kelly Oubre's been struggling for a while now, going back to the regular season, he, he, trying to he, work himself he, back into really it. He's really struggling offensively, and I kind of worry that it's affecting his defense as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, Brooks only played him 16 minutes, and I think we all thought that he would be a really heavy miss Which they said in the regular series. season, hey, your offense isn't going well, focus on your defense and, and just wait Absolutely, for your game to come back. He's, his length and quickness is something that the Wizards need in this series. But – I think if you have to take one, either Kelly or Scott, off the bench and put them in the lineup, that just that just causes takes that much of a hit to your bench again, um, to a bench that's already probably the second best bench in this series. Yeah, it makes um, it it makes it hard. It certainly will, and I, and and that will call on. I mean, that'll make them call on Otto Porter more to play. Who I all think we need to. Floor. I think we Otto needs to be called on more. Yeah, in general. He, he, he took know, he seven was, shots. He was banged yeah. up at the end of the season. He yes. only he quote-unquote only played 32 minutes mm-hmm. I think we can expect a much heavier minute load from Otto up in the range of the 39 and 41 that uh, John and Brad played yeah and he it's still the, shot the ball I mean he shot he took seven shots he made four of them I mean I, th- I thought that he still looked comfortable yeah and so I think that means that certainly finding ways for him to impact the game is important so when you look at what else can John and Brad do? I mean, John had 15 assists, so he certainly was getting the ball around. Brad had 19 points shot, took 17 shots. Is it really about wanting more out of those two guys? They led the team in minutes, 41 and 39 minutes respectively until for this, Wall and Brad. If Until this team wins a game, you need more out of your two superstars. Yeah. You know, Brad, Brad wasn't bad by any sense of the imagination, 8 of 17 shooting. He was two of six from difference distance. He had three steals, um, but I think you need I think you need more than nineteen points out of Beal. Um, I you need John Wall to shoot the ball better than six of twenty from the field. So mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yeah. I, will, I will say that. And there's no way that John and Brad would disagree with me. Well, and I think the way that that happens is I think Brad shot the ball fine, and I think he looked I think he looked all right, and he hit some big shots. I mean, he hit a couple three the, the two threes that he hit were in big moments and. And I'm I don't worry so much about that, but the thing that jumped out to me, and I think we talked about it amongst ourselves, and talking to our our uh, our boots on the ground in Toronto, Zach and Jeremy. Zach and Jeremy, are what are up they up the, to uh, up there? They're up in the frozen cold. tundra. <laughs> yeah, they're up in the frozen tundra. But something that we talked about, and I think it's I think right. they were planning going to the Blue Jays game tonight, and it may get canceled <laughs> because like s- ice chips falling off the CN Tower. Yeah, but wait, that, really? Yeah, and even with the dome closed, like they're they're that worried Safety about issues, it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but something Sorry, that Chris. something that we talked about was that Bradley Beal shot one free throw mm-hmm. in Game One. Something that we talked about in in the beginning of the year was that Brad's floor game and attacking the basket was going to be a big part of his his scoring arsenal. 
And I think in this series, from him, he's just got to attack more. And settled I think, a little bit in game one. Yeah, and find and find ways to put pressure on them. Make them send you to the foul line. He's a good foul shooter. And so I think that that's another thing that be on, be on the lookout. I would expect him to shoot more than one free throw in game two, and I think that could make a difference for him. And, and I think that all of those things help for any scorer. All of those things help you find more of a rhythm, and I think that's important. And, and for sure, you'd like John to shoot better. I think John would say that himself for sure. And I think Brad would also say that, that they need to get more involved, and I would expect them to do that in game two. And when they do that, hypothetically speaking, that makes things harder on Toronto, and it and it puts a direct – it's a direct correlation. It's a direct – um, challenge to Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, who played well, played well in this game. But if Brad and John yeah. can raise their levels, it puts that much more pressure on them to do the same. I think that John really can play well defensively against Kyle Lowry, and I think he knows that he can score on Kyle Lowry. And so we'll just see how that storyline progresses. But yes, for sure, if they're more aggressive, the Wizards are probably more successful. And like you said, with with Keith being hurt with Otto still probably nursing that sore leg a little bit, more aggressiveness from those two can only help the Wizards, and, and I would look for it. I know that John Wall was really trying to get some calls when he was going to the rack and just couldn't buy one. I mean, yeah. the rest were not giving him anything. It's, I mean, it's, it's, It was a hard whistle, and I, I, I agree with that, but I, I do think that that can't, that can't deter John from continuing to just attack yeah. and put pressure because – I mean, one of two things is going to happen. He, he's going to make the right pass. He's going to score either way, whether he gets the foul call or not. Or hopefully he'll start getting some more foul calls. But I think he's got to be himself, and, and he's got to keep doing what he is best at. And I think he will. I don't, I don't think that that's going to deter him at all. Um, but I liked his confidence shooting the ball. I, I liked the way his jump shot looked. I know that he's been criticized for it over and over again. We've talked about that a million times. But – I think he I think he looked all right and and he certainly wasn't afraid of the moment. The shots weren't falling, which is disappointing and I know I know he was disappointed about it, but I know that with his mentality that's not going to change. That won't change the way he plays. And I think his aggressiveness is always a key for the Wizards whether he's making shots or not because he still draws attention. So and that's important. The, and Ra- the Raptors in that game shot 53-53-80. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't. I don't expect that to happen again. And That's if it does, free I'll throws, three point percentage, of, and free throw percentage. Three. If they, anybody doesn't know what his field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throw percentage. And yeah. I just, especially from three, they doubled up the Wizards in three point makes in that game. I don't think that that's going to happen again. And the Wizards ended up making it a what? It was a. The Raptors turned the ball over yeah, not over more. Ten point game. The Wizards got 20, per, 20 points off Raptors turnovers. The Wizards got nine more field goal attempts. They still shot 48% from the field. There were there were a lot of good things to take away from this game. Do you feel that the 48 hours in between the two games, a little bit more than that, but I'm not including game day, like that's a lot of time off. I wonder if players would prefer the, you know, so, one day off before, for rhythm. Chris and I were debating this on our way to get coffee this morning. You know, yeah. Off the bench never stops. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on the one hand, I think for Washington – it's, you know, 48 hours to regroup and, um, and, f- and you know, figure things out. But on the, other, on the other hand, when you're down 1-0 in a series, um, at least 
me personally, when when I would played sports back in the day, I would want to get back on the field immediately after the loss. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're just so anxious to get back out there. And for the Raptors, you know, you can look at it either of one of two ways. One, you've got momentum. You want to get right back out there. Or you're sitting relaxing on your 1-0 lead and you're loose and you're just, you know, riding the wave, so to speak. And so yeah. um, I, I think that I think it's either way. I really don't I don't really don't think it. I don't personally think that it it's a difference maker. Yeah, I think it's a toss up simply for on the Wizards side just for the fact that they have adjustments to make and they know that and they need to do that either way. Um I, I don't I think that two days to do it certainly helps. They got two practices and, and by the way, we talked a little bit about Ty Lawson in our preview. They got two practices in Toronto. I don't know how much he's been able to pick up. I don't know what the plans are. Yeah. But if they're if the Wizards feel like they're thin and they need a spark off the bench, I think the two days is going to it, it is more likely to help the Wizards than it is to hurt them, certainly. But I don't I don't expect it to have a super negative effect on Toronto. They're a veteran team. They've been through this before, despite no, you know no matter what their results have been in the playoffs before, they've they've been through this before, and so I would expect them to come out with their own adjustments and I would expect them to play well but I think that the Wizards will will certainly take take advantage of this and and do some tinkering. One last thing before we go to NBA overall because we talked about this a lot in the first off the bench before the playoffs about how John Wall's never played against Toronto. Did you feel like there was any of that kind of feeling out the game with John Wall leading this team or it was it didn't seem like that? I don't. I didn't think it seemed like that. Only because, and maybe I'm just taking Kyle Lowry at his word for this, but they asked Kyle Lowry that exact question, and yeah. I certainly had that question as well. Of like, what? How does their game plan change? But Kyle Lowry said, you know, we know what we know what John Wall can do. We have a lot of respect for his game, and they said it. He said it after the game as well, um, and I think that I think that that showed. I, I I certainly think that John had a had a profound impact early. Mm-hmm. And he was and he was really beating up Kyle Lowry, um, and that's something that Lowry and the Raptors didn't have to deal with this year. But I I certainly think that they adjusted, and um, the next the next step will be what what the Wizards do do back because one on one, there's no disrespect to Kyle Lowry. He plays hard and he does get stops. I mean he he played tough defense, and he and it was effective mm-hmm. against John a couple times. Um, but He's if you, if but if they're going one on one, you take John Wall. If you're if he's you're, sneaky you're old. Odds. I didn't realize Kyle Lowry's thirty two. Mm-hmm. It's an old NBA veteran point guard. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he he. I give him a lot of credit for playing tough. He can make shots. Yeah, he plays hard defensively, and it makes a difference. Um, so yeah. But now, kind of like we we said at the beginning of the series, now all of that is is kind of out. Yeah. They have a they have a game's worth of tape in this series now. Um, they'll look at what the Wizards did. The Wizards will look at what they did, and uh, yeah, the only the only X factor thing really is what um, what the impact of Van Vliet will be mm-hmm. on that bench because the bench was really good and they hit a lot of shots and they were very effective against the Wizards. So we'll uh, we'll find out Tuesday. Tomorrow night is Game Two, seven o'clock. The Wizards hoping to add to their nineteen playoff wins. The, they have a lot since the 2014 playoffs, sixth most in the NBA in that time. It's pretty exciting. We'll see what they do in that game. But let's talk about the rest of the NBA. Which series or game surprised you after game one? Or are you just really excited about to uh, see game two? I would say mine is probably 
Boston. That first game with them in Milwaukee was amazing. That game was that game was awesome, and we know that Boston's shorthanded. Um, but just the the shot making going back and forth. Yeah, I think that that is just like that's why you watch the NBA to to watch the best guys go at it and hit shots late and yeah. just trade buckets, and that's what happened. It was it was thrilling to watch. It was awesome to see it in the first round. The NBA's first round gets gets you know its fair share mm-hmm. of criticism a lot for being boring and and not exciting. This this first round so far, there have been a lot of good games. So um, yeah, I think that the I think the most entertaining game I watched over the weekend um, was probably Oklahoma City and Utah. And wow. for most of the game, that was a really close game. And Donovan yeah, Mitchell yeah. dueling with Paul George was so much fun. And I also really enjoyed the uh, the Portland-New Orleans game. Um, yeah, it was a good one. That Anthony was. Davis yeah. is unreal. Yeah. I think the game that surprised me the most in the first round was Minnesota and Houston, the last game mm-hmm. of the first slate. And I think that Minnesota's ability to stay with Houston in Houston, you know, getting Jimmy Butler back was – was really impressive, and I think that I don't think they're going to win the series, but they might get a couple games there. And Carl Anthony Towns only had eight points. The distribution of shots on Minnesota was one of the strangest distributions I've ever seen with Derrick Rose leading your usage percentage. Yes. I mean, yeah. they have to work something out there. That I, Jimmy Butler and uh, – Carl Anthony Towns need a lot more looks. <laughs> yeah. You want those guys. And the fact that it was a three-point game with that bizarre distribution um, it's crazy. is certainly encouraging for the Wolves because, honestly, at the beginning of that series, I would have said, look, I, you know, the Rockets are going to win that series quickly. Mm-hmm. It might not be close. Um, and it still might not be. And it still might not be as far as, like, yeah, it still could be a sweep for all we know. Or Minnesota could get a game. But I think that the, I think that the games are going to be – fun and they're going to be exciting of course james harden and chris paul the rockets have plenty of firepower to just james harden to just shut that yeah. door and they, off the court he's pretty funny too i know for you guys that handle social media do you see his chair dancing during pregame and he's sitting in the chair and stuff like i just feel like it's add little color to his game he's, he's yeah, got some flair he's definitely like he's definitely like maybe it's not low key anymore but like his his personality I don't feel like is is just like massive. Yeah. But like his facial expressions, his like he, there's little moments where he's just he's he's great. He's one of the NBA's best characters despite yeah. not being like a super talkative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um out front guy. So um he's I mean and he's just he's just awesome to watch. I mean, he can just he's one of the few that can really take over a game by himself. Yeah. Um but I mean, yeah, the the, fir- the first round was the first round of Game ones was awesome. I mean, the Cavs scoring biggest surprise. Points. Yeah, the Cavs is the Cavs right? Points is, I was shocked by that, and I, I was shocked they scored eighty. But I have to say that I'm not like I'm mildly surprised, but yeah. I'm more surprised by Minnesota staying with Houston than I am with Indiana beating Cleveland. Yeah, okay. that's fair. I mean, the Cavs they 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 look weird. Like mm-hmm. they're just they are. Uh, you yeah, don't know which Cavs team you're going to get. Season, they're weird, probably yeah. going to go out and score one thirty in game two. Yeah. I mean. They were weird all year. I just I don't know what to expect. Do I still expect them to win that series? It's LeBron. So until something happens, otherwise, yeah. yes, I expect him to win the series. Mm-hmm. But yeah. man, Oladipo was good. Coach really LeBron, he he was. Yeah. And being from the DMV area, I know there are a lot of people here that are really 
excited about. People forget him. Victor Oladipo is from the area. <laughs> in case you didn't know, I, I didn't. I didn't. Thank you for that update. <laughs> you know, I went to the Matha. You might I, not. Yes, know. I feel like so many people yeah. talk about that in the area. Yeah, but he's I like, no, he was. He was awesome, and he was. The mar- he's a he's their marquee player. Yeah, he played like it. He stepped up, and we talk about the playoffs being what your stars can do for you. He was incredible. He set the tone for the game. And, and I was listening. Speaking was of stars that set the tone, how about Ben Simmons and Philly? Man, so actually, one hundred and thirty points. So funny, funny story. Um, uh, my wife was in Philadelphia over the weekend, um, celebrating her mom's seventieth birthday, and they oh happy seventieth. They stayed at the same hotel as the Heat, and uh, <laughs> and Sharon kept uh, texting me. I just saw Guan Dragic. I just saw Jawan Howard. I just saw X X and X. Oh, former bullet. That's right. And That's she, right. Uh, and she was, uh, so she uh, she was like, she didn't want to go I say tried. hello on behalf of Jacob Rain. <laughs> she was. She said that she tried so hard to get away from basketball for one weekend, <laughs> and, then the, and then the Miami Heat show up at her hotel. Yeah, <laughs> the Heat. I um, and we said that we thought that they could give the the Sixers. A, a battle. I think they. I think they still could, especially when the series gets to Miami. But man, the Sixers were impressive, and they don't even have Joel. With Embiid. that, yeah, he's. He and said maybe for Game Two he's yeah, coming we'll back. We'll see. I mean, he certainly looks like he's close to being ready. Um, they had him out, like ringing their. They had, they had him ring the bell at the beginning the, the beginning of the game, and um, it's exciting. And that that crowd was electric. That city is on fire right now, and it's. Um, Quite honestly, it's fun to watch. I know that Washington and Philly have some rivalry and and some, you know, some back and forth. But it's it is really fun to watch. And and, and you look at two guys who weren't even on the team at the start of the season, and Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova getting it Big done. Time. A Big double time. double for Ilyasova, seventeen yeah. and 14, 25 points for for Bellinelli. Yep. I mean, I don't know what that says much about Brett. What do you think? That's more Brett Brown system, or they're just quality guys that you can just plug and play? Yeah, we've said for a long time that Brett Brown is a good coach, and he's finally gotten the health and the talent to prove it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Eric Spolstra, also regarded as a excellent coach, um, for that to come out in Game One in the Sixers' first trip back to the playoffs in a long time, yeah, and play like that with all those guys scoring. Um, it's it's pretty awesome, and and they are when Embiid gets back, they are high powered. They have shooters. They can attack the basket. They can back you down inside. They can rebound. They can defend. Um, they are they are a tough team, and they and when they're healthy, they're deep. And we'll see what happens with as Markel Fultz gets goes along. He didn't yeah. play a ton, yeah. but he did play, and so he will, he's obviously part of that rotation. Um, Amir Johnson, also another vet. So they have a they have a really intriguing mix of great veteran role players that know exactly what the mm-hmm. team needs from them, and some young guys that are going to be superstars. I mean, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are are superstar material, and they're starting to show it. And this is just their first trip. So when Embiid comes back, do you think that's more minutes for Whiteside? There was all of this talk about he going to play 12 minutes in I'm game not, one. I'm not here to speculate on what the Eater are going to do with Whiteside, man. That's, uh, it just see, it, it is. seems like a, it's a weird vibe. And for a player that good, and like we've seen Hassan Whiteside play really well against Washington and be, on the be a problem. Offensive and defensive. Yeah, um, we'll see. It's a, it's a, weird, it's a weird team. I, I, I think that the Heat play really well together. And they're obviously well coached, but we've said it time and time again: talent in the playoffs is such a big thing. And the Sixers have 
tons of it. Like top end, bench, depth, whatever you want to say. The Sixers are a very complete team all of a sudden now that they're healthy. Yeah. And um it's just a it's been a blast to watch them. I it was close for a while and then they just found that they found, found another gear. gear. They found another gear and that's what it takes to go deep in the playoffs and we'll see. So for the next man until Sunday, every night there's a playoff basketball game or two. Actually, it's two or more playoff basketball games on the various channels. Of course, you'll be able to uh, so hear or see the Washington so Wizards. Much hoops. It's exciting. On NBC Sports best. Washington, listen to Dave Johnson on the Wizards app or on AM fifteen hundred AM radio. Uh, it's really exciting to see the NBA in that second season. John Wall, you know, he was mic'd up for game one. He's he's jumping up in the into Tim Frazier's chest saying, this is what you live for. This is exciting. We're excited, ready for game two against the Toronto Raptors. Washington Wizards, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. I hope you enjoyed this off the bench. For Chris Gehring and Jacob Rame. I'm Jamoke Davis. Rep the district, everybody. Ciao for now.